Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast with your host, Stephen Blacken. I'm happy to say I'm back in the office of Culture Bound, sitting across the table from Lauren Wells, who was on the podcast uh, last year talking about uh, working through grief, um, which is a fantastic conversation. You should definitely go back and listen to it if you haven't heard that yet. Um, but we are back again to talk about Lauren's upcoming book. So Lauren, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and I won't ask you where you're from since you already answered that question last time. Yep. So. <laughs> and it's about to change. So Yeah, right. You're moving to South Carolina. I am. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, and um, yeah, you know, I, uh, I have uh, been keeping up with Lauren a little bit and I heard that she's moving and I'm like, ah, what a TCK, you know, just up for the next adventure <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, will we... Sad to see you leave Portland, but excited that you have something exciting that you're moving into. So that's Thanks. good. Yep. So Lauren, uh, tell me about your book. Yeah. So it's called Raising Up a Generation of Healthy Third Culture Kids. And the idea is that it's a guide, a practical guide for preventive care for TCKs. So that preventive, proactive TCK care piece is what I specialize in. That's what I do with my um, organization TCK training. I do a lot of training on that topic and I felt that that was a gap in TCK literature that needed to be filled is more of the how do you act upon this knowledge that we now know about TCKs. There are some great resources out there that talk about what a TCK is and the struggles that they may have and the benefits and so many different elements, but less of the practical for for parents, for caregivers of, okay, what do I actually do with this information? So that's what I decided to create. Yeah, very cool. Mm -hmm. And what, um, can you just break down what is... Uh, Pre preventative care, yeah. especially as it relates to TCKs. Yeah, for sure. So the idea is that we know that there are challenges that TCKs face in adulthood. There's been enough research done on this generation of TCKs that we have an idea of what they're likely to face in adulthood. Now, not all will, but it gives us a good roadmap of here are the things that most deal with. So then how can we backtrack and help kids going overseas at a young age to combat a lot of those challenges. So family moves overseas with a four and seven-year-old, how can we work together with them while their kids are four and seven and then all through their developmental years to combat some of the identity challenges that they're likely to face or their restlessness and constant need for change? How can we work with those things? Um, so for preventive care for this book, I created an acronym that gives the elements of preventive care just to to break it down and make it really easy. So I use the acronym CARE, C-A-R-E, and talk about that preventive care is comprised of the conversations that you have with your kids, the things that you talk about, um, and then awareness. You have to know what the challenges are and know how they impact kids in the long term, not just how they struggle with them in that moment, but what does this mean for them when they're older adults with a family and a career. And then relationship, preventive care has to happen in close relationship with primary caregivers. So usually that's the parents. And then finally, example, you have to be an example to your kids of what a healthy version of a lot of these things looks like. And because the TCK experience is so unique, there has to be a very clear intentionality about the example 
that you're being to TCKs. And this goes for TCK caregivers, so people working with TCKs, and then also parents. That's excellent. I feel like each of those could be their own their own episode. Um, oh, for sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. Um, before we get into any one of those, though, I wanted to ask, why did you write this book? Yeah, so, um, well, I was not planning to write a book. And about a year ago, I went to the Families in Global Transition Conference and talked to a lot of people who are very well known in the TCK world. And I was surprised to find that a lot of them had read a lot of the blogs that I had put out and a lot of the articles that I had written. And the overwhelming commentary from these people was, you really need to write a book. This this needs to be the next thing that you do. And before that, I had been thinking, well, maybe I should um, go back to school. I was thinking about a doctorate. I was thinking, well, maybe I should be doing more of these things. And everybody kept saying, no, this we need this now. You need to write this book. And so that was the kind of kind of the why behind it. So that was just a year ago. And on the plane home from there, I started writing it in a little notebook. And that was the beginning. I just started scribbling in a notebook from the beginning and decided this is what I was going to do. And it's been a crazy year of of writing. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you feel that the book primarily is written for TCK care or parents or maybe a little bit of both? Yeah, all of the above. So I definitely created it and address the audience as parents or caregivers, TCK care workers. I really feel it's important for especially organizations and personnel higher up in organizations to realize all that needs to go into TCK care, um, that it can't be just a one retreat that they do when TCKs come back or a quick pre-field training before they go, that there needs to be this overarching care um, that is preventive and proactive. So all levels, I feel, are, are really important to understanding this. So I address that a lot in this book. And then the other piece is TCKs, especially teenage TCKs, I feel would really benefit from reading this and understanding. Here are the things that I am likely to deal with. And here are also some tools for preventing these things from becoming debilitating or major challenges in adulthood. So it really spans all of that. Mm, That's awesome. So if we can get into it a little bit, I wanted to ask, um, what are some of the conversations that parents should be aware of with their TCK children? (laughs) That is a big question. Um, Yeah, so the way I have the book laid out is each chapter is on a different topic. So like wrestling with restlessness or combating the need for change or different topics, dealing with identity challenges. And each of those has conversations to have about each of those topics. So wide, wide range. But for example... Um, when we talk about the topic of identity, just as an example, um, a lot of the conversations that I suggest parents have with their kids are about the things that are a part of who they are as a person that shouldn't change no matter the culture or the location where they are. 
So talking about, okay, what are the things about you that are perfectly okay for you to to chameleon, to morph and change depending on the place where you are? And then what are your identity anchors is what I call them. What are the pieces of you that should remain very anchored no matter where in the world you are? And having that conversation as TCKs grow up and within relationships, so it's all interconnected, right? So relationship is another preventive care element. Within relationship, you can start to see when you've moved to a place, if, if your TCK is starting to change things that shouldn't be changed, you've already had that conversation and you can address it again and say, hey, remember your identity anchor? I see that this is starting to shift a little bit. Maybe we should talk about that. Remember that's something that, that shouldn't change and having those sorts of conversations. But it is really hard, which is why I feel super strongly about proactive care. It's really hard to have those conversations if there hasn't been a runway up to them. So if you haven't started the conversation before there's an issue, then suddenly bringing it up when they're a teenager or a young adult even, it becomes really difficult for them to accept it and to process it and for you to have that relationship in the midst of that conversation. But if you've been talking about this since they were little, that this is something that TCK struggle with and how can we be talking about this and make it a regular conversation, it becomes much easier to then address it when it's actually an issue. Oh, yeah. I, um, as you're talking, I was reminded that one of my favorite parenting books, and for the life of me, I will not be able to think of the name until about 10 minutes after we end that conversation, but one of the things it said was, <clears throat> especially uh, in regarding to discipline, it said, strike when the iron is cold. And by that, uh, what you're saying, like, put things in place, have conversations, and get ready for things to go wrong before they actually do. Mm -hmm. And then when something goes wrong, you're not going to be reactive about about whatever the issue is. You've already got your plan in place, you've had conversations, and you're ready to address things um, mm -hmm. from much more, uh, a much more grounded uh, center, if you will. And so strike when the iron is cold. So I really appreciate that you're talking about mm -hmm. having conversations preemptively about some of these key issues. Um, can you tell me a little bit about awareness? Yeah, so this is a very big piece. And I, you'll notice if you read the book, when I talk about these different care elements in each chapter, they are not in order. I tried to do that. It didn't work because awareness is typically what has to be first. And care starts with C, not A. So <laughs> awareness is super important because you have to know what the challenge is that they're likely to deal with for each of each of the challenges that we talk about, you have to know what the, the core of it is, what that significant challenge is, and then what happens if it's not combated, what happens if it gets out of hand. And then after you know that, then you have to be aware of what your role is and how you can prevent that. So awareness spans all of that. What is it? Why is it? How, what can you do about it? And I think that that is critical. I think that sometimes uh, a lot of the families that I work with uh, maybe don't want to know or just don't see the value in knowing a lot of the things that their TCKs are likely to deal with. And a lot of the time it's because they're doing just fine. They're living overseas. They don't see any issues. They don't see that their TCKs are dealing with typical TCK things. And so they don't often want to talk about it or address it. But that's the idea of preventive care, right? You're addressing it before you see that it's an issue because you know that it's likely to be. And you're never going to create an issue 
by bringing it up and being aware of it, it's not going to, to have the opposite effect. You're not going to accidentally make it an issue for your kid down the road because you brought it up, but you can certainly prevent it from being a significant issue if you're proactive about talking through it and being a good example and all of those different elements. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. And yeah, I, I hear you. I can understand that some parents might might feel that way that they're gonna mm-hmm. that they're gonna cause something by even mentioning it. And yeah. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense that um, you'd address that concern. Um, and I hear you. Uh, you know, I've heard the stories of parents who um, aren't aware of the issues or don't want to think about it. Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. And like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, we'll deal with those issues as they come up. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's always sad to um, be aware that that's the that's the mindset and be able to break. Uh, not be able to break through that mindset and convince them to do something preventatively and to get mm-hmm. some education and to do some preparation because then when the struggle comes, it's a lot harder to deal with it. For sure. Um, I can speak from experience to say that it is not fun dealing with kids who are struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just much puts you in a much more emotional um, and vulnerable uh, mindset. And so um, definitely build, build those fences when, build those fences when you're strong. So... Yeah, and I think until now, we didn't have great research, and still it's severely lacking, but there wasn't a clear picture of what these struggles turn into. It was kind of, we know that TCKs likely struggle with these things, but what does that actually look like? And now we're seeing that a lot of the recent research is showing that 80% of TCKs deal with anxiety and depression in adulthood. So 80% is pretty significant, and that's something that we need to be addressing, right? So I think up until now, perhaps it didn't seem like preventive, proactive care was necessary because there wasn't a clear bad trajectory for TCKs. Um, But now we're seeing this is a serious concern. And how can we prevent that? I do not believe that the, the prevention is to not raise kids overseas. I think that that is an amazing experience. There are so many benefits. And the reality is that our world is globalizing. And so whether we like it or not, the majority of the world is going to be TCKs before long. So we have a prototype in the TCKs that we're already seeing and seeing what they're dealing with in adulthood. And we can look at that and go, okay, how can we then raise up healthy TCKs? Which is why that's what I named the book is let's raise up a generation of healthy TCKs and see that this number, the statistics of anxiety and depression and identity disorders and all of the different things, let's make that go down because we're, we're going to have to if we're going to reap the benefits of the TCK experience and live in a hopefully healthy globalized society when more people are moving around and raising kids in different places. And so... What would you have to say about, um, you know, if we talked about conversations, awareness, what would you have to say about relationship? Hmm. I think relationship is downplayed and it's probably the most important thing for TCKs, especially with their primary caregivers, because their parents, which usually the primary caregiver, um, they're typically the only ones who go through the same experiences as the TCK. And so that whole time they're mirroring to their TCK what it looks like to be in that situation and almost how they should be responding to it. 
And that gets into example a little bit, <clears throat> which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But the relationship piece is that if there's not a healthy, safe relationship there, then it doesn't matter what you do. So there has to be a safe, um, comfortable relationship in order for this proactive preventive care to even work. So as TCKs are working through grief or working through different emotions, working through different things, a big piece is feeling like they're emotionally safe to work through those things. And one of the first chapters in the book talks about uh, emotions and working on emotions with your kids and just setting that emotional foundation for success. And you can't do that without good relationship with your kids because there has to be a sense of emotional safety and emotional awareness and an ability to express emotion without being um, either ridiculed for it or thought of as silly or downplayed or anything like that. And that all happens through relationship. So I guess what I'm saying is that the foundation of preventive care is healthy, emotional, emotional health is the foundation. Emotional health can only happen if there's good parent-child relationship or at least primary caregiver relationship. And if the parents aren't that, it can come from TCK care workers who are really intentional about creating that safe relationship. So, yeah. yeah. And I've heard, you know, again, anecdotally, I'm sure, but I've heard the stories of um, of TCKs who grow up to lead happy, healthy, somewhat normal-looking lives who say, you know, the TCK care provider, my youth worker, or somebody was like mm-hmm. an influential person in my life because they created a safe space for me to yeah. process my stuff. And so uh, you've heard about those examples, and so you know that they're there, but, yeah, I can understand that parents would definitely want to be aware that um, – creating that safe emotional space for kids to grow up to be happy, happy, healthy people would definitely be a priority. So, yeah. 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 And that was my experience too. Our TCK caregiver, um, she and I got to know each other when I was about 15. We were back on home assignment and we spent a couple of weeks together doing a TCK program. And she was the first one who taught me what a TCK was and I felt like she was the first person who I was able to process all of the emotions of that and all the things that we had gone through in Africa. And um, that became a safe space. And it felt very understood because she had all of the knowledge and all of the background of what was going on. And I think that relationship that carried on beyond those two weeks, we're still great friends. I think that was a primary catalyst in my health as an adult because I finally had that place that was safe enough to process all of the emotions and it was critical. So I, I definitely, which is why I put this in the book. I don't, I strongly don't downplay the role of TCK caregivers. I think that they can have an incredibly significant role in the life of a TCK and it's not, just up to the parents. Um, TCK caregivers can act, act, absolutely be that support as well. Wow. Shout out to good TCK care yes, <laughs> for all those for sure. people out there. Um, um, I am struck by how much this is all um, interwoven. Like you said, awareness kind of um, mm-hmm. runs through everything, but in a certain sense, 
um, emotionality and emotional expression, emotional processing. seems like that runs through everything as well. Yeah. It's all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, when I first was writing the book, I was trying to break it up into segments of conversations and talk about that awareness and talk about that. And as I was writing, I was getting further and further and going, this is not going to work. It's so interwoven. It's so interconnected. There's no way I can compartmentalize. And so I scrapped that idea and in a sense started over and it, it flowed much better, but I had to come to the realization that, wow, this is so interconnected that you can't have one without the other. There's no way to break this down into pieces. Um, so yeah. that was an interesting realization because yeah. I think I had thought it was more separated before mm. as the more I wrote, the more I realized this is so interconnected. You have to have all of this together. Yeah. Hashtag real life, right? Right. Messy. <laughs> yeah. True that. <laughs> All right, so we've covered conversations, awareness, relationship. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about example? Yeah, so like I said, parents typically are the only ones who go through all of the same experiences as the TCK, and so they are mirroring how to act in those situations. And the reason why preventive care, I think, is super important is because when kids are the youngest is when they're most... uh, catching how their parents are responding to things. And there's actually science that shows that their mirror neurons in their brain are mirroring their parents and their parents' emotional responses to things. So kids, little, little kids, their nervous system doesn't fully develop yet. And so they borrow that from their primary caregiver. So primary caregiver responds to something stressful and the young child feels that they're they're mirroring those stressors and their feelings they feel stressed out essentially Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so example becomes super important about then teaching them how to deal with that so it's not that you can't be stressed out because your kids are going to feel stressed out it's okay i feel stressed out now how am i showing them a healthy positive way to Um, either combat that or come down from that and process it in a healthy way. So there's a lot of usually internal work for people that has to come out externally in the TCK life. So parents have to be really intentional about their internal processes being external. So showing your TCK, how you're processing things. Maybe you're um, somebody who likes to journal When you're stressed out, that's excellent. Journal for sure. But make sure you're telling your TCKs what you're journaling and why you're journaling because they may never know that you writing in your journal every morning is the way that you process stress. But if you're journaling and your kid comes up, you can say, I am really stressed out and it really helps me to write it down. And that gives them a window into how you're processing and becomes a great example for them that that's a good way to do it. So just being more open and more expressive about how you process things, how you deal with your identity, how you foster your own humility. We talk about TCK pride a bit. Um, So being an example of that, being an example of uh, good grief processing, good emotional safety and emotional processing, all the different elements is so important. They have to have a very clear example and you have to be even over uh even overshare sometimes in order for them to see that that's what you're doing in order to 
get through things or express things that that is the process for you. Do you think there's a risk of um, overexposure, especially with emotions like grief and um, stress? Um, do you think that there's a, a risk of overexposure uh, for young kids, like in uh, sharing too much detail or getting too far into uh, what's going on behind the feelings? So, yes, there's a fine line for sure, but it's it's not as tricky as it seems. So I think the risk of overexposure comes when, one, you expect your children to be the one caring for your emotions. So sometimes the problem with overexposure is that it isn't just the information, it's that you are exposing and it makes your children feel like they have to care for your emotions. So that should not ever happen. The sharing with your children should be a here is my emotion and here's how I'm dealing with it, not here's my emotion and I expect you to carry it. Um, So that's usually an issue with oversharing. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is to always share at kid level. So um, we're moving in a couple of weeks and I have a four-year-old and she uh, has been really struggling with leaving and leaving her room and her bed and everything. And so I've said things like, man, mommy's really going to miss her bed. Are you going to miss your bed? And that is a very kid level exposure to grief, right? And that works just fine for a four-year-old. You wouldn't want to get into a lot of deep information with your four-year-old, but you can absolutely talk about things in a four-year-old level. So I would say oversharing won't happen if you're keeping it at a kid level. And then finally, a lot of the time, parents are afraid of sharing anything because they don't want to bring up things their kids aren't already thinking. So they don't want to talk about leaving grandma and grandpa because maybe the kids never even thought about leaving grandma and grandpa and that that was part of this and that that was a big deal. And so um, what I always say to that is even if they're not already thinking about it, they'll still look back and realize that that was a loss. So if you're thinking, oh man, I don't want to bring that up because maybe they didn't even think about it and I'm going to make them sad over something they didn't even realize they were losing, they'll still in years down the road look back and consider that a loss. So processing it proactively is still super, super important. So even if you bring it up and they hadn't thought about it, it's still critical that you had brought it up and that they can process through it because otherwise it will be stuck in their brain years down the road as a, a hidden loss. Sure. I've heard that um, your heart never lets you forget. Um, and I think that like losses especially have a way, losses and uh, traumas have a way of growing in our minds the For further sure. the further it is that we begin to process them. We look, you look back on that and you're like, there was a loss there. Should I have grieved that for a day? Or might I have needed to grieve that for a year? Maybe I should just grieve it for a year now. Like you don't, nobody mm-hmm. thinks that consciously, but that's sort of what happens that mm-hmm. grief and uh, trauma in particular tend to, I feel like maybe this, maybe this isn't a thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Go to tckcare.com slash connect and let me know I'm wrong. <laughs> but I feel like um, grief and trauma tend to grow as time goes on if okay. they're unresolved. And And they're both very interconnected. So I do a chapter on trauma Hmm. in the book and talk about how often the result of 
unresolved grief that goes on for a long time is complex trauma, which is a new term that's just being used. It just ended up in the diagnostic manual. And complex trauma, basically, the the short version is that it is stacked losses and grievances that were very stressful and were never resolved in childhood. And then as an adult, it comes out in what we call complex trauma and you end up with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is different than regular post-traumatic stress disorder where it's a, you had this major trauma, you were one way before the trauma, trauma happened, you're one way after, and there's all these things going on. Complex trauma is unresolved grief, basically, that stacked up over time. I talk about the grief tower um, in my book and the idea is that it are they're, they're blocks of losses that stack up and up and up and up and up. And once you get to a certain point, it topples over and you end up with complex post-traumatic stress disorder and all the symptoms that come with that. So that's another serious issue for TCKs and it is all tied to unresolved grief and unresolved stress. Mm-hmm. Um, final question, I promise, is... Um, this sounds like an interesting book. I can't wait to read it. But my question is, how do we get a hold of it? Slash, where do we um, go to follow along to receive notification of when it's available? Yeah, so it will be on Amazon for purchase and Kindle on March 30th. So coming up. And I have a Facebook page called Book Raising Healthy TCKs. And if you go on there, you can follow. And anybody who's on that Facebook page gets a chance to get it pre-sale March 15th. So if you're on the Facebook page, you'll have access to the pre-sale. If not, you have to wait till the 30th, which is fine too. Um, But that is a good place to track along with it. And I do some just fun information on there that you wouldn't get otherwise. And I will have a book launch um, party in Dallas in April, on April 20th at the NK Caregiver Summit. So if anybody's listening and will be at that, that'll be a fun event. And yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much for um, sharing, Lauren, and Mm -hmm. um, for telling us about your book and also for going to the trouble of writing the book so (laughs) we can have that resource. Um, More resources, the merrier, Mm -hmm. definitely. So thanks, Lauren, and thank you for coming on the podcast once again. Yep, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to TCK Care, the podcast. This is your host, Stephen Black, and as always, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star rating and review. I'd really appreciate it. Reach out to me at tckcare.com slash connect with your comments, questions, concerns, or to share your story on the podcast. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash tckcare where you can access early episodes, extended audio, and other exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.